0: And Plymouth Chubb gets level now with Courage Stride and he's putting him to the sword. It's Plymouth Chubb coming around the home turn and he goes for home the favourite. He opened up Plymouth Chubb but he wanted to duck in. He went left but he straightens up now and he's coming away. 11 straight wins on the trot. And tonight at group one level, Plymouth Chubb does it in style. One at 10 metres... Yeah, there's a bit something, f- a bit freakish about this young square gaiter by Majestic Sun. It's just a pity, just a pity that he did things wrong on debut. Otherwise, it'd be 12 starts for 12 wins. And Karen Manning drives his horse. Of course, Dad Peter trains. Thanks for joining us, Karen. No way, Thank you. Has he been a bit of a surprise packet to the stable or not? Plymouth Chubb.
1: I guess probably to a degree because uh, when he first arrived, he was very, very fat and lazy and uh,
2: couldn't get out of his own (laughs) way. Yeah, that's right, (laughs) especially after COVID.
1: (laughs) That's right. So um, certainly, um, yeah, improvement just kept coming and coming. And I think only once he went to the trials, they sort of realised that he... Could run a little bit, so um, yeah, no, he certainly, from what he was early, it didn't look like he could going to be very fast at
0: yeah, all. Yeah, and on debut, he stepped away all right, and then he galloped, didn't he, when he debuted?
1: Yes, yeah, so he went away good, and then just got, a, yeah, into the first turn, got a bit rocky and uh, went up in the air, so um, yeah, he sort of had a bit of excuse for that one, um, but yeah, uh, would have been nice to have, to have had all the wins in a row, but uh, not to be.
0: Absolutely. So, Karen, just tell me again how to, how he ended up with where you sourced the horse, the stable sourced the horse from, a bit about you know early, really early days with him. Plum yeah, the,
1: yeah the, the owners have had horses with Dad for a long, long time, back, um, oh, yeah, 10, 20, oh, 20 years or so, just uh, the breed um, Dad's always had to do with. So, yeah, it was just... Uh, I come along in, in the line of the family, basically, and, um, um, yeah, certainly is a good association of lovely people.
0: Yeah, you drove Mum, of course. She was pretty talented. She won five pocket fantasy. Yes,
1: yeah, she did, yep. Yep, they've all been sort of had their fair share of ability. Um, Manners haven't always been their best trait, but certainly um, they've all had the, the talent. Just uh, this fellow's probably um, one of the best ones for manners and talent. So um, he seems to have, have it all mm. at the minute.
0: Yeah, of all those 11 performances, what would you describe as his best performance so far, Plymouth Chubb?
1: Uh, probably when he missed away. Um, I'm not sure what race was it was at Melton. I think it was a Tatlall maybe or something like that. Um, he galloped into the first turn and lost about 50 metres. And I sort of thought, oh, well, that, that's us done. But uh, to his credit, he... He sort of caught up and he, I think he won by about 20. Um, so, yeah, that sort of was a, was a pretty good
0: win, that one. Yeah, he was 220 that particular day. That was in the eighth, on the 8th of May, you're talking about?
1: Yes, yes, a little while ago. But um, he hasn't always been perfect in his manners, but generally he's pretty good.
0: Well, did you go into the race at Melton the other night with a plan? Of course, you, you decided to keep pushing forward and get him up outside lead. Was was that the plan going into it with, with Plymouth Sharp?
1: A bit. I sort of, um, I was happy with the draw because he seems a bit happier out wider um, and yeah, I, I did think there would be a few inside me wanting to sort of press forward to get a posse um, sort of behind me so uh, pretty much the front line went away as one and he actually settled quite good the other day. Sometimes he gets a little bit keen and wants to charge the gate a little bit um, and certainly he was really good and, and let, come back under me when they all charged. I was able to get him back and he relaxed quite good at the back of the field until they settled up front. And then I opted to press forward because uh, I knew the, the death would be there. So, uh, yeah, that was sort of always my plan and it sort of all went to plan, which was really good. Mm.
0: What about what Dan Malicki made reference to there? Uh, he wanted to, to lay in or hang, as we call it, in the thoroughbreds. Uh, what, what was the story there with him the other night?
1: <laughs> He's was just giving me a little heart attack, I think, um, <laughs> <laughs> and making it interesting. <laughs> um caught me by surprise he he did switch off a little bit He that prior at barra when he was in front uh by himself he uh sort of was cruising and then sort of knocked off a bit early there and and maddie craven got awfully close to him um on the line there so i was sort of ready for that because he, he has been known to to be a bit lazy so uh, i sort of i opted to pull the plugs on him and as i reached down to pull the plugs i Pulled him and looked back up but he was going the wrong direction so certainly um caught me by surprise that i wasn't expecting it but to his credit he kept trotting which was very lucky because uh, others probably wouldn't have and then i just sort of yeah chased him quite hard to the line to make sure that he kept his mind on the job after that but yeah, and yeah i'm just no.
0: watching it again now karen henry was strong through the line as well like he was he wasn't stopping on the line was he no,
1: it's no. He's very um, strong horse. Yeah, he feels like he could do another lap kind of thing. So, yeah, he's just um, yeah. Just that little little error was uh, enough to send shivers through me, but um, it certainly uh, worked out okay in the end.
0: Yeah. So, so tell us, where was he sit at this stage? You know, you've had some stars, a night pistol, of course, as a square gator that we all, that comes to mind. But, you know, if he stays sound, how exciting do you think he is with a view to the future, Plymouth Chubb? Karen?
1: He seems to have everything he needs to, to go on with that. He's he's certainly um, a big, strong horse. He's not overly tall, but he's very solid. Um, and his gait's very good uh, when he's, you know, on, and he's fast. He sort of can stay at his fast. So he seems to have everything there. It's just a matter of, I guess, he comes back on a pretty hard mark when he comes back as a three-year-old. So um, obviously um, he's earned it and he's won he's won a lot of races and money. So he sort of earned that mark, but it, it certainly is going to be interesting to see how he takes the next step. But I think um, he's the sort of horse that, that should do. He's, he looks after himself pretty good. He's, uh, he's a chubby fellow. You wouldn't think he's fit enough to race looking at him, but yeah, he sort of... Um, yeah, he certainly, uh, likes to clean up the scraps of everybody else in the paddock, I think. Well, that's a
0: great <laughs> sign. So what's the significance of the name of him, Plymouth Chubb?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. He calls them all something chubb, so I'm not actually sure why Plymouth, but yeah, it's... Um different sort of name, but it, yeah, it's, it's a nice name now that he's won on these races. I bet it looks sure.
0: beautiful now. <laughs> <laughs> so when, what time frame? You're saying after the break, so what's the target next year and what sort of time do, you, do you, will he rest for, do you think? When we see him at the races again is what I mean.
1: Yeah, uh, no, he probably won't get a spell. My dad doesn't believe in spelling horses, so um, he's been in work for about a year now, so he certainly uh, wouldn't be planning on having a break. He might hopefully back off him a little bit. But he's sort of heading to the side stakes um, at the in the middle of December, and then hopefully the final at the end of December. And then I guess, um, yeah, when he turns three, it's sort of um, you just sort of find races that are suitable for him. But yeah, um, he's in in it for the long haul.
0: And what is your dad? <laughs> is your dad excited? Genuinely excited about him?
1: Yeah, it's hard to tell, but no, he, he certainly hasn't had a horse like him for a, for a very long time. So. Um, yeah, he, you can see that he he loves him pretty much when he <laughs> when he's with him. He, he looks after him pretty
0: good. I bet he does. That's interesting in itself that your dad doesn't believe in spelling horses just to explain, you know, um, you know, his theory on that, Karen.
1: Yeah, certainly uh he never has ever sort of been prone to spelling a horse unless the owner really um requests it, but most of the dad's owners generally just uh, go with the flow and whatever dad wants to do with the horse, um, that's what happens. But, um, yeah, I, I, guess, I guess it's worked it's in the past. I, I know it's sort of something like, that people talk about it a bit, that it's sort of odd that the horse won't get a skull, but I guess it is fitting well. Yeah. Um, then there's no real need, but yeah.
0: Yes, yeah, well, that out of the property, they're in day yards and so on, aren't they? Between runs and things like that.
1: Pretty much in the paddock all the yep. time. Yep. They never yep. come in. So. Yeah, He thinks the way he said it's uh, he works for 16 minutes a day jogging and then he has the rest of the day off, so he doesn't think uh, <laughs> that he works too hard. <laughs>
0: How many do, does your dad have now? I think he's got about
1: well in work. He's got a fair few young ones um, at the minute. Um, there's a few race horses there that uh, go around each week, but yeah, I think he's got maybe uh, half a dozen or so young ones come down and uh, keeps himself busy.
0: I was looking at your record, just refreshing my own memory with it this morning, uh, knowing that you were coming on with us this morning. and It, it is astounding what you've been able to achieve in, in harness racing, Karen. Over 4,000 winners, of course a Hall of Famer Inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2013. Your first winner was in '93. I bet you remember it well. You're only 16 years of age at Ararat, but you've taken some. You've broken down a lot of walls. I know Pam O'Neill's done it with the female riders, but you've done it with the the standard breeds, haven't you? Yeah,
1: yeah. I guess um, I guess I have. In in a way, it's certainly um, been going going at it for a fair while. So it's um, it's nice to achieve milestones along the way and um, and to sort of be a little bit of a role model for for the younger girls coming through. So um, I sort of started the pony trots and then um, worked my way into it. I guess having family in the sport has always been uh, very helpful. It's hard it's hard without family, I think, to get a good go at it. So I've been lucky enough to drive many, many good horses over the time, which um, obviously equates to winners, which is, is a good kick-along. But, yeah, it's just um, something that's that uh, yeah, you work hard at love doing it so uh to get some rewards is uh really pleasing.
0: Well if I went into your house would there be night pistol photos up on the wall? What are some of the <laughs> other horses that'd be there with him?
1: Yeah, there's a night pistol there's all all bands, which was my first horse I bought. Uh he's still here. He's, he's nearly nearly thirty. So uh um we've got uh, yeah she's a mona, lumber repeater, Arden Rooney, he's on the wall, yeah, there's many Many nice ones on the wall. All right. I'll
0: make a space for Plymouth, will you? <laughs> I should
1: actually get a big photo. Of that, shouldn't
0: I? Yeah, you should. But I was reading an article when you started it in um, 93 there, and the gorgeous gambit was your first winner, and it said that you were very shy, and you said in the female driver's room you were basically the <laughs> only one in there at the time.
1: Yeah, there wasn't many of us about. Um yeah, a lot of, we never had a very big driver's room back then. We just all got put wherever they could find a space. Um,
0: like Pam. She had know. a caravan, Pam O'Neill, when she started.
1: Oh, did she? Yeah. yeah. No, it's whatever you can get change in will do, so... Um, yeah, it's certainly changed a bit now. There's hardly any room to put your bag sometimes when you go in the driver's room now. So, yeah, the ladies have come a long way in the sport and um, it's good to see they yeah. they dominate a bit
0: now too. Yeah, that's right. But I'm saying you had a lot to do with that at the time. You changed the mentality of a lot of people, didn't you?
1: I guess so. Um, yeah, I guess I guess people wanted to follow in my footsteps and hopefully I've uh, achieved of. A lot of uh, young girls' hopes and
0: dreams of you know doing what they love to do. Okay, well it sounds. I know you're always busy. You're always on the go. <laughs> but thanks for joining us and telling us a bit about. What did you say he was? Um, fat and lazy uh, a bit when he first. <laughs> <laughs> His, <laughs> His
1: nickname, Fatty. Sorry. Fatty is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for telling us
0: about Fatty this morning.
1: <laughs> no, he's certainly um, worth talking
0: about. That. Good on ears. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Karen Manning telling us about a rising star in the trotting rank. Mobile Rolling on Radio Tab.
3: We are talking harness racing. You've just spoken with Kieran Manning. I wanted to touch on one of the winners from Ellaby and Park on Saturday night. Hello, it's me, the mayor, for Keith and Melissa Gillies, able to storm down the outside and score. It was a inch perfect drive by to Paul e. D. Paul Divert. He just summed it up perfectly, found the bank of the favourite Scott's reign, and then the mayor was able to get over the top of the favourite in the latter stages. Paul Divert joins us now. Paul, appreciate the time. Thanks, Chris. That was a great drive.
2: Yeah, thanks. You um, went well the week before, and I thought if I could get on Scott Strange's back, I might give it a bit of cheek, and, yeah, we've got the cash at the end, so I was very happy.
3: So confidence-wise going into the race, you, you were fairly, you know, uh, forward with your thinking that, you know, if we get the right horse to follow, we can be in the finish, because, as you said, the run before was really good, and sectionally that was, uh, that was evident there.
2: Yeah, definitely, um, and I thought there was a lot of speed on the front line. I didn't think anything else would really be getting back in front of me to be able to get on Scott's reins back, and there was really only Scott's rein and um, Sean Grimsby's horse that I was really worried about, so I thought if I could be hard on Talia's back and get her going a bit earlier, um, we'd be in the finish. And yeah, she was able to do the
3: job over the latter stages. She's a lovely big mare. She covers plenty of ground.
2: Yeah, no, she's uh, been a good horse for me to drive. Um, and, yeah, it was a dream, dream come through with what happened. And, yeah.
3: All right. Well, I, I've got to dig a little deeper here because I heard a whisper when I was leaving the track on Saturday night. That was it. I've looked at the fields today. You're not down to drive anything. I mean, How
2: yeah, do you get no. the queue in the rack? Is that it for Paul David? Yeah, I've um, I finished up. I got in a bit of trouble on Thursday, and um, I took a 10-day holiday. I probably could have ended up with just a fine for what I did. But, um, yeah, I just um, had enough, and I just thought Saturday night was the night to finish it with a bang. And, um, yeah, it was good. When, as I was going to sail, there was fireworks in the background, so it was just... Um, yeah, it wasn't deliberately done, but, yeah, it was it a good good finish. So that's it? You're, you're
3: walking away from the industry?
2: Yeah, I'm uh, still helping Ken and Price at, at this point. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do, but, yeah, I'm just going to do something different.
3: Okay, so is this something that's been weighing on your mind for some time or is it spur-of-the-moment type stuff? No, I've been thinking about
2: it for a while now and even before I had the fall five weeks ago. um, Yeah, and then I think that just put more of it into the back of my mind that I wasn't really 100% passionate about it anymore and I'd rather leave on good terms and be known as poorly the smiley person instead of being a bit... Down, you know what I mean. So yeah, I'd rather leave on good with it all than mm.
3: not. So has it been a battle for you in recent times going to the races? Because when you look at the the way you perform on the track, Saturday night, perfect case. Uh, you, you've still got the eye in. You give them every possible chance. So has it been a bit of a battle getting up and going to the races day in day out? Um, little
2: bit. Like I don't mind and having them behind the scenes but yeah just going to the races has been a bit hard but i still go out and give it me all but yeah just the uh, passion for it just i uh, sort of lost it after the fall and stuff and yeah um i don't not, not like i sit at home and do nothing i like to do, get out and do other things and yeah i think there's more in store for the pool it's just not going to be on the racetrack
3: okay You obviously discussed it with a number of the trainers that you've been driving for regularly. Uh, Shannon Price, you just mentioned her, uh, Keith and Melissa Gillies, Mark Ducks. Have you spoken with all of them and what was the sort of feedback that you got? What was the reaction you got when you sort of said that this is it Um, for me?
2: They were a bit disappointed about it all. Like it's really only been the last week I told them. I told Scott after before and uh, Mitch Cox. Um, that I probably won't even bother coming back after me fall, but they sort of pressed me on to keep going for a bit longer. But, um, yeah, Scott even told me after I got the time on the Thursday and I said on the Friday I'm pulling pin after Saturday night, he said, um, yeah, I didn't think you were uh, that focused on it all, but I was still trying to trying my best, but, yeah, the focus and the, um, and the drive wasn't it wasn't there
3: okay you're only a young man what 26 years of age i'm 27 now chris so i'm
2: still young i like to think i'm young so yeah there's definitely not the end of the world for me Um, and yeah
3: okay well over 600 career wins a group one victory what what does the the future hold short term long term i know you're still you know, helping out at the stables with uh, with Shannon Prize, but uh, what what could be the uh, the new uh, job description for one pool diver?
2: Yeah,
3: I, I don't know. Like,
2: there's, whether I go into fitness or whether I go into the trucks, it still hasn't been decided. But um, yeah, somewhere where what I enjoy doing, and yeah, I don't know. I just haven't thought it thoroughly through yet. But yeah. The time to hang up the boots and do something else has come and, yeah, I'll figure that out later on. I'm not really worried about, about it at this stage, but um, yeah, starting next year, I'll
3: know a little bit more what I want to do. All right. Well, you hail from a very famous family, uh, the David family, down from Leighton originally. Your parents have moved up to Queensland.
2: You've yep.
3: obviously discussed it with them. Uh, what were their thoughts?
2: Yeah, oh well, I don't think Dad's very happy about it, but Mum, she's never really wanted me to do it in the first place. But, um, no, nah, she was happy and she sent me a message asking me in, uh, saying you've done a good job. And yeah, I don't think it sunk through with Mum either. She didn't think I was, um, it was that big of a deal. She thought I was only playing games, but, um, no, it's definitely it's time to put, hang up the boots and, um, i got a race not this Saturday, the following Saturday, so they're going to actually come and sit down. They sit down beside me. My mum never likes watching me live on course, so she's going to come and sit down and watch the race. It's named after me, so <laughs> at least I'll be there, not on the track. I'll be there beside her. So, anyway.
0: Jared Daffy just put up a market $2 that you'll come back within two years. <laughs>
2: well, it's funny you say that, Dick Dixon. And, I had a bet when I was there that well, I reckon I was roughly 25 or 4. We had a bet that I'd be uh, married with two kids by 30, um, and we had 10 grand on it, and it's not looking good at this stage. And then, and then as I was driving the last door, hello, it's me, we've had another little chat. He said, how about we have a bet about you giving up driving and coming back? And I said, oh, yeah, righto, we'll go 10 grand so then I don't have to owe you any money for that other bet. And he laughed at me. And I said, oh, we'll, we'll just make it 5000 But he said, oh, how long are you going to take before you come back? And I said, um, it doesn't matter. He said, oh, well, I'll be dead. He said, well, I'll have to ride it in my wheel just in case he's, if I'm back up if, when he passes away. So, no, nah, at this stage, I'm not really looking at coming back. But, yeah, you never know. Shane Graham yeah. said the same thing. He'll come back. But at this stage, I just want to mm. get away.
0: I understand, Paul, but in the thoroughbred world, we see it a lot, particularly with jockeys. You can understand with jockeys, they're wasting and doing it hard and just the daily, you know, the daily chores that they do at track work. And it's just really tough. So some of them decide to retire, but then after after time away and freshen up, clear their head, all that sort of stuff, and they body feels good again, they say, oh, well, let's give it another go. So we hope you do come back.
2: Yeah. No, beautiful. You Yeah, no, but, yeah, I've, I mean, it's time to just have something, give something else to go. Jockeys um, are different, though. like They've got to stay to a certain weight and all that kind of stuff, and it's very hard. And especially when you're younger, younger, like, you're probably not focused on just relying on being at a certain weight. Where they get a bit more mature and older, they realise we've got to do it the right way and we can't be mucking around, so they get better when they get a bit older. But the trots is different. We don't need to worry about our weight. We don't need to worry about anything else. We can just go and do whatever we like and rock up the races and, and race. Um, so I think it's a bit of a soft thing that I'm just getting out, but I just lost the passion for the horses and I started to get a bit angry with them all and I just didn't want to be thought for getting angry and aggressive and I just want to be remembered as being a happy person and doing what I love to do.
3: Well, Paulie, really appreciate the time, appreciate the honesty, and uh, we wish you all the best in your future endeavours, I'm sure, whatever you do, once you put your mind to it, you'll do it well. So really appreciate the time. Best of luck.
2: Thanks, Chris. I'm sure I'll see you in side.
3: Absolutely. There he is, Paul Diamond mm. He uh, goes out of winner there, Steve, on Saturday
0: yeah. night. Yeah, let's hope he does come back, Chris, you know. Um
3: Absolutely. Yeah, often got things... 600 wins and he's yeah. only 27. He's a group yeah. one winning driver. He's got the yeah. talent.
0: But you can understand when you get away from it for a little while, you know, and have a break, or yeah. do what you like to do. Some of you follow some of your other passions and so on. Often, you know that that eye of the tiger can come back, and not only mm, jockeys, yep. we see it with a lot of trainers as well. Decide to to make comebacks. This guy's made a comeback, hasn't he? Which one? Our next uh, Ra- race track, Ralphie.
3: No, he's never out of it. He's always in the thick of action, and uh, it'll be much the same again today. Ralphie, good morning.
4: Yeah, morning, Chris. I've had more comebacks than Johnny Farnham.
3: (laughs) Do you ever get stale? (laughs) No, 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 not at all. (laughs) All right, so you're not planning on going anywhere? No, no,
4: I'm here for the long run.
3: All right, Well, your job each and every Tuesday, steer us into a winner. What's the good oil today? Yeah, well, we're looking at
4: uh, race seven, number one, Bulldog Baller. This big guy, is going great at the moment, and he continues to uh, mature and improve. His recent efforts have been very pleasing, and that included his narrow defeat last week. That was behind the former Kiwi Golden Lace, and his sectionals that day, they were very solid too. Today, he's landed the ace draw, and he's got options where he can lead or he can take a trail. Uh, The other thing interesting, Chris, is uh, he's a half-brother to the former Star Group 1 performer I.M. Sam that uh, did a lot of racing with the McCarthy's. So uh, let's go with him for John and Talia McMullen. And one other thing, if, if Talia doesn't pick up a win earlier on the program, this will bring up her 300th career victory. So we're going race seven, number one, Bulldog
3: Brawler. Okay, so race seven, number one, Bulldog Brawler. That's the final leg of the double. It's also a leg of the treble and the quarty. And speaking about Talia... Uh, both uh, Talia and Trent Letherby, their partners, of course, they've got their Trotter Red Castleton engaged in the the Inter-Dominion series as well down in Sydney on Saturday night. Uh, So that's going to be a huge moment for both as well. When the fields were released yesterday, Trent was down as the the trainer and Talia as the driver. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, both go or if there's a late change coming through.
4: Yeah, unfortunately, they uh, they drew the hardest heat. that's for sure, with uh, Pink Galaz and Tough Monarch in it. And the draw certainly didn't help, but she'll be there to try and get the points.
3: Yeah, no doubt. So we wish them the very best of luck there. But you're on them today with Race 7, number one, Bulldog Brawler. Ralphie, really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside.
4: Okay, thanks, Chris.